Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jacob knows that God never left him. And God was always with him. It was his attitude. Now, why would I focus on that? Because of this. Sometimes we're anxious about what God is doing. And maybe the circumstances in your life, that's just not fitting together. When things aren't going together, sometimes we get frustrated. Well, I guess God's against me. I guess he's going to let me go. I think we answered that already in the song, didn't we? He's for me. He's not against me. When things in your life take a turn for the worst, it's normal to wonder if God still cares about you. You might even think that God's not on your side anymore. It's possible that Jacob felt that way about losing Joseph. But as Pastor Mark will be teaching today, Jacob had lost sight of the bigger picture. That this nation that God had promised would develop from Jacob's line had to survive. In Jacob's almost 20 years of grieving for his son, he might have become fixated on his loss rather than what he still had. You'll be reminded in the teaching today to focus on God and discover his plan in the events of your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 46 as he begins his message, God Moves Jacob's Family to Egypt. Now, we learned that what happened was back and forth to Egypt during this time of famine, and Joseph's brothers are back and forth. They don't know Joseph is alive. They think he's dead, and they've gone back and forth, back and forth, back to Canaan, back to Egypt. Now, they're finally leaving for good, the whole family. There's around 70 people in Israel that are Jewish, and they're moving to Egypt. And the brothers don't know really all that's happening there. And you'll see what happens to Jacob. Take a look at verse one. So Israel, Jacob, his other name, set out with all that was his. And when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices. He prayed to the God of his father, Isaac. Now, Beersheba was a very familiar place of worship for the patriarchs. For instance, Abraham in Genesis 21. He planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called upon the name of the Lord, the eternal God. Isaac, another one of the patriots, the three patriots, Genesis 26. He built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. Genesis 28. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. See, Jacob knew that God had given Abraham a prophecy. But he didn't know exactly what that meant. Take a look at the prophecy. This was given many years before, hundreds of years before Jacob right here. Then the Lord said to Abram or Abraham, 
You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land. Now, nobody really knew what that was yet. I put in the answer. The answer would be Egypt, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. So Jacob is thinking, as when you and I make a move this big, you're leaving everything, you're leaving Canaan, you're moving to a pagan country. One of the things that comes up in all our mind is Jacob is praying, God, is this your will for us to go? I'm the head of the family. I'm taking everybody, all the kids and grandkids to Egypt. Is this where you want us to go? Now, the reason he's anxious about this was many years before, Abraham and Sarah were in Israel. And there was a famine very similar to this. And they didn't ask God. They just went to Egypt. And there was all kinds of problems with that. Remember, Abraham lied about his wife and Sarah, and they end up bringing another woman back who eventually has a child through Abraham. Now we have the Middle East problem because of that. And so all of those things are there. It was in a famine time as well, but Abraham never asked God. So that's why you see Jacob going, uh, I don't want to get into that. Is this the right thing to do? Now, see, The Lord's Prayer says it like this. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know when I prepare the teachings and study for the teachings, I always ask God, what do you want your people to know? I can do all kinds of things there, God. What do you want me to focus on? And that's exactly what Jacob's doing. He's saying, should I be taking my kids, my family, to this pagan place? Now, prayer is not asking God what I want, but what he wants. He has a purpose. He has a way for our life. I want his will because I've discovered his will is way better than any plan I have. And you know that as well. So here's the first thing I want you to write down. If you're a Christ follower this morning, tell God you only want his will in your life. Just his will. Now, lots of times we want to have our own, but don't even go there. I just want God's will. Verse 2. And God spoke to Israel, Jacob, in a vision at night. And he said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am. Now watch. I am God. God of your father, he said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. And Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Let me just show you this. One of the greatest benefits of a Christ follower is that God answers prayer. Now, how does he answer our prayer? Well, we know from Scripture, very simple. He answers our prayer, yes, no, and one of our favorite, wait, maybe not. But he answers prayer. You know, that, that's a blessing. If you're a Christian and you pray, God promises to answer prayer. Ask, seek, and knock, and I will open the doors. Now, when you see that, James tells us how that's supposed to work in our life. Because we don't know how to do life. We have questions all the time. It's not about moving to Egypt. We wouldn't want to go to Egypt right now. Thank you very much. 
But we want God's will in our life. So here's what James says. Notice, if any of you lacks wisdom, is that anybody I'm talking to today? Yeah, that's everybody I'm talking. I'm not talking about two and two is four. I'm talking about wisdom to do life right, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask Alexa. Uh, No, he should ask who? God, God, who gives generously to all. What does that mean? He loves us to ask him for help. Because then we're, what, when I ask, what am I saying? When I pray, what am I saying? I don't have the answers. You're the all-knowing God. And generously to all, without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe with no doubts. Sometimes that's hard for us. We kind of, kind of mix that with our faith. So God loves that. So notice, Jacob's asking one question. Should I go to Egypt? Did God answer it? Was it very clear? Hello, look what he says. I'm the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. That's a quick answer, wouldn't you say? That's perfect. But he doesn't stop there. He gives promises to Jacob. Not only is that the right place to go, but watch what he says. I'll just give them to you. You don't need to write it down. Notice what God said to Jacob. I promise to go with you to Egypt. I love that promise. Aren't you glad we get to do life with God? He goes with us. Second, I promise to multiply Israel into a great nation. In other words, when you go down there, your nation of 70, now Jacob never sees this because he dies, your nation of 70 will one day be more than 2 million people. And that will cause the nation of Israel to be able to go back to Canaan. And eventually, the Messiah will come through that whole thing of the patriarchs. We don't see it. He didn't see it, but God said it's going to happen. Number three, I promise that Joseph will be with you when you die. In other words, when Joseph's there and his dad dies, he closes his eyes after he's dead. Now, Remember, Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. He didn't know until just recently that he was alive. 17 years he thought he was dead. That's a blessing for somebody, a father, who knows that his son, his favorite son, is going to be right there when he dies. And last, look at this. And then when you die, they will take you back to Canaan, back to the land of God, and bury you there. Wow. So in other words, whatever's going to happen over the next few years... It's all taken care of. Now, remember, this is the same Jacob who just a few months before, remember what Jacob said when they were going to try to take Benjamin down, his last favorite son? Man, Benjamin's going to end up like Joseph. He's going to be dead. And here's what Jacob said. God is against me. Everything in life is against me. God's left me. He's nowhere in my life. I'm not interested in God. Now what's he going to say? That was all a lie. Jacob knows that God never left him, and God was always with him. It was his attitude. Now, why would I focus on that? Because of this. Sometimes we're anxious about what God is doing. And maybe the circumstances in your life, they're just not fitting together. When things aren't going together, sometimes we get frustrated. Well, I guess God's against me. I guess he's going to let me go. I think we answered that already in the song, didn't we? He's for me. He's not against me. So here's the grace of God. So maybe you're complaining. 
You say, well, Pastor Mike, how did you know it was me? I didn't say I knew who it was. If you look at me funny, I'll know who it is. Here's the way you get out of that. Instead of complaining, look at this verse. We need to practice this verse. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody, just take your hands right now. Anybody that's got anxiety, say, well, I never have anxiety. You're a liar. Come right down here to the altar. Here's what I want to do. Let's cast it on him right now. Come on. Whoop! Give it to God. You feel better already because he's the only one that can handle it. I can't handle it. Amen? Okay, now. That's what we see. Here's what I want you to think about. Look at verse 5. Then Jacob left Beersheba. And Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives and the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. They also took with them their livestock, their possessions they had acquired in Canaan. And Jacob and all his offspring went to Egypt. So this is like a huge move. Days and days of travel. They didn't put it in a big moving van. They're walking. And they got all their animals and all the kids with them. Verse 7. He took with him to Egypt his sons, his grandsons, his daughters, and granddaughters, all his offspring. So it's say goodbye to Canaan. Huge move. Big deal, but God says, go for it. I'll take care of every detail in your life. Now skip down to verse 28. Verse 28. Now Jacob sent Judah, one of the brothers. By the way, Judah is the line that Jesus will come through. Now Jacob sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to get directions to Goshen. That's the part of Egypt that Joseph wanted them to land in and live there. When they arrived in the region of Goshen, Joseph had his chariot made ready, and he went to Goshen to meet his father, Israel, Jacob. As soon as Joseph appeared before him. Now, this is the first time Joseph and Jacob have been together for basically 22 years. Jacob thought for 20 of those years he was dead. So can you imagine the emotion that's happening right there? For the very first time. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father And he wept for a long time. No kidding. And Israel, Jacob, said to Joseph, Now I'm ready to die since I've seen for myself that you are still alive. That is called the faithfulness of God. God knew it. Joseph never knew if he'd see his dad again. And Jacob never knew he'd see his son again. Verse 31. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and speak to Pharaoh. And will say to him, my brothers and my father's household, who were living in the land of Canaan, have come to me. The men are shepherds. Now remember, they're not crop people. They're shepherds. They tend livestock. And they have brought along with them their flocks and their herds and everything they own. When Pharaoh calls you in and asks, what is your occupation? He's asking them to be honest. You should answer. Your servants have tended livestock. From our boyhood on, just as our fathers did. That was an ongoing thing with the animals. Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all shepherds are detestable to the Egyptians. So Joseph knows that there is a prejudice with the Egyptians. Canaan is the land of Israel. That's where we go to do our trip. Still there today, as you well know. There's Jerusalem, then Hebron, and there is Beersheba. As they're coming out, they're going to go down to the land of Egypt. 
Same area that is there today. And they're going to be in this amazing area, Goshen. That is the best piece of property in Egypt. Now think about God's favor. He's going to direct them right to that place. Why? Because you'll see in a moment, God has a plan for them. Now, that land was ideal for flocks and herds. God arranged the best place because that's where they're going to flourish. That's where they're going to grow. Now, remember, this is all about them becoming millions of people so that the nation of Israel can survive. Seventy wouldn't make it. And from that would come the Messiah. Now, when we started this series, what you see right here, they're leaving everything and they're going to Egypt. You know, Pharaoh could have said, here's a piece of land you can have. It's like useless to me, but you can have it. See if your animals will survive. No, that's not what's going to happen. You have to understand these two promises from God. They're huge. Psalm 37, the steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives. See, life is not one step. It's called a journey. You and I are on a journey from birth to death. Did Joseph have any steps that went like this? Yeah, that's a whole series. Remember, our whole title of this series is Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. Everybody I'm talking to, we're all going through ups and downs of life. And here it is. But he directs that. He builds us up when we go through the difficult times. Because we pray more when we're struggling. I wish I could say, no, I pray more when it's going really good. No, we don't. We pray more when it's stubborn. Now, look at that. He delights in the detail. So what is the detail? You get the best in Egypt. Wow, that's amazing. Look at the next one. This we told you about way back about 12 weeks ago. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. They don't know what they're getting into. But there's hope. There's a future. Israel is going to go back to the promised land. I want to say to you today, those two things that I just showed you, those verses, if you're not a Christian yet, if you're not a follower of Christ yet, God is not directing your life. He wants to, but you're trying to do your own life. You were never made to do life alone. You don't have the wisdom to direct your own life. And secondly, he has a plan for you, to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future. By the way, you'll see in a moment, heaven's our home. That's where we're headed to. You want that. So just be thinking about that because God's going to change people's lives in our service. Now, what happens next? Joseph had experienced some of what we just saw. The Egyptians didn't care for people that took care of animals. They were crop people. There was prejudice. Remember, Joseph prepares a dinner for his brothers and they come and eat and the Egyptians eat at this table and Joseph eats at this table and the Jewish people eat at this table. So he knows there's a problem. There's prejudice. So he just says, basically, I'm going to have to be careful. Because they look down at the shepherds, they're going to kind of look down at the Jewish people because they worship a different God. But understand what Joseph was after. He wants them in Goshen for a reason. Take a look at this. Joseph wanted his family to live separate from the Egyptians. Now, that sounds strange to us. But think, at the beginning, when Abraham, God chose a pagan Abraham to start the nation of Israel. When he did it, 
His purpose was this. The whole world back then were worshipers of pagans. The sun, the moon, this, that, and the other. All kinds of idols. And so he said, I want my people who are worshiping me, the one true God, I want you to be salt and light to those people. You have to intermingle with them. You have to get with them. You have to show them that there's a great God that loves them. But the problem then, God said to them, is this. Now, I want you to be among them. They need to see that you have a living God that answers prayer. None of the pagan gods can answer prayer. You have a living God. But he said, be careful. Don't get too close. Because you can't intermarry with them. If a Jewish man marries a pagan woman, God already said, here's what will happen. She will cause you to compromise your God, and you'll become a worshiper of a pagan God. Did it happen to Israel? (laughs) Over and over and over and over again. And many of them lost out with God. So what is he doing? He's taking them to this area. And, of course, Joseph is still going to interact with the Egyptians, but he's the light and the salt. He knows what he does. He says, I don't want you to be out there all day long with them because there's going to be problems, the same problem that they had before. So he's doing that. We have to be careful as Christians. We are to intermingle with unbelievers. Amen? If we want to be friends with them, but we know enough not to marry an unbeliever. Jesus was known as a what? A friend of, hello, sinners. So what did that mean? He loved to be around them. But what was the issue? He never lived like them. He didn't have that lifestyle. He just wanted to be. So when you do this, just make sure. This isn't a hateful thing for Joseph. This is a protective thing that God gave him. Now, this distance would protect them from losing their unique identity as worshipers of God. Now go to chapter 47. Chapter 47. All of you, you've got your Bibles. Turn to 47. And Joseph went and told Pharaoh, my father and brothers with their flocks and herds and everything they own have come from the land of Canaan and are now in Goshen. He chose five of his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. So he's kind of introducing them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh asked his brothers, what is your occupation? Your servants, they respond, Our shepherds, they replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, we have come to live here a while. They have no idea. Some of them people are going to be there 400 years. We've come to live here a while because the famine is so severe in Canaan and your servants' flocks have no pasture at all. So now please let your servants settle it in Goshen. Verse 5, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. Verse 6, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in, read it with me, come on now, the best part of the land. Well, that's just a happenstance. No, that's being directed by God. Can you imagine if I'm Pharaoh and these guys are strangers and I really don't care for them, I'm saying, where's the worst piece of land we can put these people? No, he gives them the what? The best land. In today's teaching, you learned about God's informing Abram that his descendants would be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Pastor Mark taught about Jacob's concern about going to Egypt where his grandfather had a bad experience. God's reassuring Jacob that all would be well. 
It's nice to know that no matter what happens, that God can have your back. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, God Moves Jacob's Family to Egypt. You'll hear how they all got settled into the land and how God granted them favor in that regard. You'll be reminded that if you choose to live life as a Christ follower, God can take the situations in your life, no matter how horrible, and turn them around to serve His purposes. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through his series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.